Our scripture reading today comes to us from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. Hear now the word of the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, Holy Word, may your love leap within us and your stories seal themselves to our hearts. As we prepare to welcome Jesus Christ, may we first welcome your wisdom to our worship. Amen. Well, there is something about Mary. The mother-to-be, the one who is feeling contractions just about now since we're only a few hours away from singing, Oh, come all ye faithful and joy to the world. Mary is the humble virgin who accepts God's call with no hesitation despite the risks to her own life. Mary said a big, bold yes. Yes, no matter what the risks might be. Will Joseph, the man she's engaged to, really believe her story? Will the people who know her condemn her and reject her for being pregnant, though she is unmarried? Will she be pursued and threatened as, as well as her child once the word is out, quite literally? There is something about this young teenager, Mary, who finds herself in a men's world. It's time for the baby to arrive in the world and the innkeeper probably doesn't get it. If it had been a woman, Mary had to think, she would have, been found, she would have found something much better than a manger with scratchy hay and with a more effective heating system than barn animals. I love my golden retriever to death, but her doggy breath can make me nearly lose consciousness at times. So I can't imagine what donkeys and other animals in a small place might do to a mother and her newborn son. Mary was probably wishing that instead of choirs of angels and shepherds and three wise men, she had been visited by, I don't know, a lactation consultant or by women bringing diapers and pacifiers and heating pads to help her with postpartum pains. Truly, there is something about Mary because even though there's, a little, there's little written about her in the New Testament, she has left an important piece of herself to our world that has influenced generations in varying degree. We as Protestants give her a minimal role in the great story, which comes from the lack of information from the text. But as we know, Mary is adored in many traditions. To us mainline Protestants, we agree on the virgin birth, as it is stated in the Bible, which was first put in the Nicene Creed in the year 325. 
And then over a hundred years later, she received the official title of Mother of God Theotokos, or God-bearer, following the first council of Ephesus in the year 431. And to this, we say, well, it's complicated. Let's pray some more about it, while our Lutheran and Anglican friends agree with her having this rule. There's something about Mary, just in the way that she invites a lot of questioning within our own beliefs. I can tell you that if you grow up in a Roman Catholic environment, as I did, where there is nothing but Catholicism around and very little secular visible, from street names to statues everywhere, well, things are different. It seems like it was more common to see her gentle face than Jesus on the cross. We prayed to Mary, Mary the gatekeeper to her son, Mary who interceded on, her, on our behalf. Mary was so present everywhere. I don't remember much about having a prayerful relationship with her. I did pray to God as a young person. But I remember feeling this natural comfort around her image and her revered presence. Knowing at a time that she was the greatest mother who ever existed, chosen to carry God in the flesh, meant that she had to be the greatest nurturer to us as well. She made faith a little bit easier and approachable, it seems to me, as a young believer. I grew up with her name everywhere. All little girls would be baptized with the name Mary as a third name in my parents' time, so it's on my baptismal certificate. My church was called Our Lady of Perpetual, Perpetual Help. In fact, my favorite building in the world is named after her, the one in Paris that went up in flames in 2019, the Cathedral Notre Dame, where I heard the Bach Magnificat song only six months before the insides burned down. The stone and stark building has moved my soul in different ways whenever I've been to Paris. It's strange to say, but it's a place where I felt the Holy Spirit enter my soul. And not only me. I saw my own eyes the effect it had on 14 girls from Sarasota Young Voices. We auditioned and we were invited to sing a concert there a few years ago. And they experienced singing in that incredible space with eight long seconds of reverberation. Their sweet voices carrying forever. And then the tears were running down their faces. For 14 teenage voices to fully fill such a large space with heavenly sounds, it had to be something divine. The cathedral is cold and gray, but maybe it's a mother's whisper that softens the space. It's not just the inside. In 2013, I was running my first full marathon. I was more than halfway through, starting to really feel every mile and not so confident as to whether I was going to get to 26.2 miles, beginning to rethink a lot of my life decisions and why I had said yes to this crazy challenge. And then I heard them. The bells rang on that very clear morning in 2013, just as I saw the cathedral emerge out of nowhere, and then tears flowing down. Was it you, Mary? Because it felt at that moment like a mother's encouragement. 
nothing better than that when the steps are getting harder and there are still many miles to go. Somehow all of this was lifted because of majestic bells ringing in the distance from a cathedral that was built over a period of 100 years beginning in the year 1163 in the name of the mother of Jesus. In Mary's song, in the Magnificat, we hear not her gentleness and her humility, but the boldness of her faith. In it, we hear hope like no other. Nothing like the voiceless Mary that quietly and humbly brings life to earth and watches her son later die on the cross. We hear in it the result of faithfulness, of bold trust in God. It is an echo to Hannah's song heard in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Hannah had been barren, but after pleading with God, she's given a son, Samuel, who she consecrates to God. After she used words that surely inspired those of Mary. My heart exalts in the Lord, Hannah says, and the bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry with, are fat with spoil. He raises up the poor from the dust. Mary experiences the same trust and faith in God. Mary has accepted the call from God and proclaims that God has already done great things, that God's mercy is here for us all, and that all the things that we know will be turned upside down. The powerful will lead no more. The hungry will be filled. Those who are faithful and trust in God will be lifted up. Can you think of a more current message we need to hear today as we watch the growing disparity between the poor and the rich, as our kids and our grandkids can't find affordable housing while the rich are getting unreasonably richer? Mary, a young teenager who surely never thought she'd do anything much different with her life than what all young girls around her at her age would be doing, Married sometime between the age of 12 and 15, having children, lived the best life possible with what she had. Everything was turned upside down because of her response to God's call. I think of another woman's story, this lowly woman, Emma Gatewood, affectionately called Grandma Gatewood, who grew up as one of 15 children in a home where all the responsibilities were placed on the mother after the father had been injured in civil war. Emma had limited education, but loved reading Greek literature and learning about everything uh, related to plants and the woods. At 19, she was married to a well-respected man in the community, but who also had a mean streak. He expected his wife to labor countless hours for his tobacco business while raising their 11 children. And she was constantly beaten through the years, losing teeth and cracking ribs in some of these episodes of anger. So at the age of 67, in the mid-1950s, not quite with the visit of an angel, she actually said yes to something different. She did the unthinkable for a woman of her age. She told her adult children that she was going for a walk 
and a walk that lasted for several months. She became the first woman to hike through the Appalachian Trail with very little on her back because she didn't have much. She hiked the whole trail from Georgia to Maine and even did it twice more, the last time being in her early 80s. What an inspiration to her children she had to be and to women across the country who might have seen no hope. Maybe it's no coincidence that we talk about a mother today. The same fourth Sunday of Advent when we light the love candle. Because a mother is synonym with love. Although we know not all mothers have the same tools to show love. It is our mother's love that we first receive, even while in the womb. My oldest daughter is only a couple of months away from bringing new life into this world, and I cannot help but notice the boost of confidence it's giving her amidst, of course, the normal new worries. There's something about Mary, and then there's something about my daughter, Ariane, and all the mothers-to-be that is of significance. Once they're responsible for not only themselves, but new life, a switch turns on and it's all the most natural and universal response to the call of motherhood. I remember watching the 2010 documentary simply entitled Babies, which follows the life of four little ones from first breath to first steps. An American newborn, one from Japan, one from Mongolia, and one from Namibia. It highlights the similarities and contrasts of growing up in four completely different cultures. As my daughter and I enjoy researching the safest car seat possible and the best developmental books and toys and read into this cha-ching, um, we get a glimpse of babies raised with completely different approaches and concerns. Some who share their bathwater with wandering goats, and uh, some who aptly make noise with rocks on different surfaces. And the truth is, they will all thrive equally because the same maternal love is surrounding them. Babies are held, cuddled, and sung to, and rocked to sleep in every language. Moms who have very little, moms who are addicted to meth. Teenage moms, single moms, wealthy moms, adoptive moms, most do the same. Our Lord Jesus was surely sung to and rocked to sleep. When we say yes to bringing life into this world, everything is turned upside down. It is a bold response to God's call for a kind of love that is visceral, one that is magnified through God's own love for God's children. Mary knew already that her son would change not only her life and Joseph's life, but the lives of all the generations to come. Those who know me well know that I am a yes person for the most part. Walk myself to church as a child while the rest of my family stayed home and dreaming to become a missionary nun, Yes. Okay, that last part didn't happen, and I just can't say I regret not being a nun. 
meet a man from a different country who speaks a different language, yes, I'll move. Have children young, yes. Ask to teach piano to children even though I don't know the English words for quarter note and treble clef and E flat major scale, yes. Meet a local orchestra pianist who thinks I should audition for a master's degree in piano even though I have an infant at home, yes. Work for a choral director and take on a group of little children to direct even though I know nothing about choral techniques, Yes. Then start my own children's choir, even though I know nothing about nonprofits. Yes. And then let's take them around the world traveling while we're at it. Meet a pastor randomly in a little Greek restaurant on Beach Road, on Bee Ridge Road, who invites me to a full-time job in one of the largest Presbyterian churches in the state of Florida. Yes. Go to seminary because I think God might be calling. Yes. Be the preacher and a musician on the same Sunday on Christmas Eve morning, yes. <laughs> there is something inspiring about Mary, and that something is the yes that she answered, because she makes us trust that we also must say yes to our own calls. But even better, there's something about you. Have you said yes yet? It's never too late for a positive response to a question that might turn your world upside down. If the Sarah of Abraham and Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist, could have children in very advanced age, we can say yes to many adventurous things ourselves. In the next few days, you will be bombarded by the world for things to say yes to. Yes to losing 10 pounds, yes to changing your diet and exercise routine, yes to buying a new car, to being more involved in your political party of choice, yes to getting more sleep at night by drinking this special tea and getting new gadgets to help you reach your goals. Yes to making you healthier and wealthier and more focused on the things of this world. In your experience, how long do these yeses last for? So it is perhaps good to think of the type of yes that is not only good for the first three weeks of January, but the yes that might end up turning things upside down for you. There's something about Mary, there's something about you and about me, and there is only one good answer on this Christmas Eve morning, and it is one bold and faithful Yes.